Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Believe that you have them. So today I want you to pray concerning the things that you desire, the things that you desire, that our desires will be met. 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 Lord, meet our desires. Lord, every desire that is here represented, meet it in the name of Jesus. Be it financial, be it emotional, be it spiritual, be it academic, be it with our health. Lord, meet these desires. For Jesus said, whatsoever things we desire, when we pray, we should believe that we have them. When we pray, we should believe that we have them. Today we pray about them, Lord. Every obstacle, every barrier, every challenge, everything pressing us today, we bring to your mercy seat, Lord. Intervene, Lord. Reach out, Lord. Save us, Lord. Rescue us, Lord. Deliver us, Lord. Bless us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Provide for us, O God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Visit every life that is here, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hands. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everybody who's here today and everybody who's watching. I pray that the power of God will come through your word and reach us in the name yes, of Lord. Jesus. Your word declares that you sent forth your word and you delivered us from our distractions and you healed our diseases. Let today's word bring healing. Let it bring deliverance. Let it bring breakthroughs. Let it bring victories in the name of Jesus. Let it bring understanding to the simple Lord in the name of Jesus. Above all, let it draw us closer to you, Lord. I humble myself today. I say, use me to your glory. Speak your word through me. More of you and less of me, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Hallelujah. I can't hear your amen. I said hallelujah. Wonderful. You may be seated in the presence of God. I hope everybody has a seat. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, it's a pleasure to see everybody. Today I see people I've not seen in a while. Oh, crocodile. But I'm happy to see you. Amen. And I'm happy that you are seeing me. Amen. Those of you at home also, I'm happy to know you are there. Just type amen on the group. We'll know that you are worshiping with us. Great. Today is a good day. God has blessed us. God has been good to us. Um, today, my wife and I are celebrating 17 years of marriage. And it's just by the grace of God. And it's to the glory of Almighty God. I can't imagine somebody like me, somebody being able to live with a guy like me for 17 years. I don't know how she has survived. But this morning I told her, so that face is gone. We are starting a new face. Another 17 year run by the grace of God. Yeah, so whatever has happened to me will happen to you. So as you are clapping, you are activating the blessing in your life. Yeah. I was just telling some people that they will also cross that milestone. And my son, one of my sons happened to be there at that time. And he looked at me and he said, he did that to me. Like, 
what are you telling me? <laughs> and I said, you also get there. You cross that line. Hallelujah. So right now it looks impossible. There's even nobody in the picture, but somebody will come in the picture. Yeah, and you will start counting years. Yeah. La last year we had a surprise marriage. As of June, there was nothing. By October, we were announcing wedding dates. It will happen to you by surprise. Yeah. 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 I read, uh, I've not started preaching, I'm just warming up. I read uh, a, a, a story, something, a caption, where the owner of a company came to the company to check how well they are working. And when he was walking, he saw a guy leaning on the wall doing nothing. So he called him and he asked him, how much is your salary? Then the guy said, let's see, my salary is 10,000 rands. Then he took out 20,000 rands. Then he paid him. He said, go, I pay you. Go away from here. I pay you to work, not to stand around. Then the guy took the money and then he just went away. So as he was going around, he just asked him, who is that guy? So he doesn't work here. He was waiting for somebody here. <laughs> May God bless you by mistake. He was just waiting for someone. He doesn't work here. Do you get it? And you have just come to pay him 20000 He's gone. Yeah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter number one is the piece of scripture I want to read this morning. Ephesians chapter one. We are, we are continuing our series, A Closer Walk with Jesus. The Bible says that Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the word of God. Now, the word of God is powerful just by itself. You don't need to add anything to Actually, my words that I add to it perhaps even re reduce the efficacy of God's word. Because the Bible says the word is quick and powerful. It's already quick and powerful. You don't need to add anything to quicken it or to make it more powerful. Do you, do you understand? So the word itself is powerful. That's why we clap for the word of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. So I started to talk to you about a closer walk with Jesus. And I said, for us to walk with closely with Jesus, number one, we must be in Christ. Number two, we must be faithful in Christ. So Paul says, I'm writing this letter to those who are in Christ, the faithful in Christ Jesus. That's the first thing we talked about. Then we talked about grace and peace, which is the help of God, and then just peace, quite being able to survive in the midst of anything that is happening around you. Hallelujah. Peace is not the absence of war. Peace is actually being able to stay calm in the midst of war. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Then we went to verse number three. It says, blessed be God and our Father, blah, blah, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So we are on these spiritual blessings. Now I said, these spiritual blessings that Paul is talking about in verse number 3 of Ephesians 1 are not houses, cars, shoes, clothes, Brazilian hair, um, Peruvian nails, all these type of things. I hear Brazilian hair, those hair, they are called etu, etihu or something like that. Yeah, etihu. Wow. I never knew. I just learned it yesterday. Etihu. So I asked my wife, what is the meaning of this itihu? He said, when you move it, the sound that it does. Itihu. So because of this question that I went to ask, now I owe Brazilian hair in my house. My big mouth. Oh. <laughs> so when we say spiritual blessings, we don't mean itihu. <laughs> we mean I explained to you that when the Bible talks about spiritual blessings here, the Bible is talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the grace of God, the things we need 
to develop our Christian life. Hallelujah. Now, why do we need these spiritual blessings to develop our Christian life? We cannot walk closely with God unless we grow up spiritually. Do you see? So, as God is trying to get us to walk with him, he needs us to grow up spiritually so that we can walk with him. If we are babies, we can't walk with him. Babies do not walk. I mean, babies, babies, babies. Hallelujah. They are carried around. Ephesians 4, 14 says, That ye henceforth be no longer babies or children, tossed about to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So God is expecting us to grow up. And as we grow up spiritually, we can now walk with him. Somebody say amen. amen. So we started to talk about how to develop spiritually or how to grow up spiritually which took us to Ephesians 4 in Ephesians 4 Paul is giving keys or how to grow alright, please read for me Ephesians chapter 4, we are reading from verse number 7 but unto everyone but unto everyone but unto everyone is given, is given grace according to the measure God has given everyone grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ, verse 8 wherefore he saith Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on when high, he ascended up on high, he led captivity, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto and men. gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, now he that now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended? What is it but that he, these are all just words to tell you that the one who ascended, he also descended. First the one who descended also ascended. That's all. First, Next one, verse eleven. First into the lower parts of the earth. Verse eleven. And he gave some apostles. Now he's talking about the gifts that we saw in verse number 8. He said, he gave gifts unto men. Okay. Now then he explains who gave the gift. He said, the one who descended. The, he ascended. But before he ascended, he descended. So it's the same person. He's just telling you who he's talking about. So then verse 11, he starts to talk about what the gifts are. And I said, the first way to develop yourself spiritually is to make use of the gifts. That God has given to us. Or the gifts that God provides for us. Now he begins to talk about the gifts. He says, and he gives some apostles. And some prophets. And some evangelists. And some pastors and teachers. These are the gifts that I'm talking about. These are the gifts that I'm talking about. Hey, Pastor, I thought you were going to talk about miracles and, 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 and prophecies. And then this, those are spiritual gifts. So 1 Corinthians 12 verse 5 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, I would, I would not have ye ignorant. Then that's where he talks of the gift of prophecy. The gift, these are spiritual gifts for the ministry. But for your development, these are the gifts that he gave. Now let's look at verse 12. Let's look at verse 12 so that it's not like a story I'm telling you. Said, verse number 12, quickly. For what are the gifts for? He said, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of the, the building up of the body of Christ. He said, the, the gift, what it will do is that it will perfect you. It will build. The word perfect here is the word mature. For the maturing of the body. James 1, 1 says, count it all joy, verse 2, when you fall into diverse kinds of temptations. For the trial of your faith worketh patience. Then he says, let patience have its full work. When patience has had its full work, what will it do? That the man of God may be perfect, which is matured, complete, and lacking nothing. He said, as you go through this trial and these challenges and everything, what it's going to do is it's going to mature you. A few days ago, I was with, with, with one of the fathers in the city, and he was telling me that all the things you are going through is for your maturity. Yeah. So your maturity. Yeah. He, he, he told me two things. Number one, all the things that they look hard right now, they look challenging, they look pressing, but it's, what it's going to do is that it's going to mature you. Then after you have matured and you have overcome, they will add your name to the list of overcomers. Yeah. 
Then he said to me, the race is for overcomers. That's why in Revelations, when Jesus appeared, everything, he says, he that overcomes, he that, if there's no battle, how will you overcome? Oh, some of you just like parties. Every day should be party. There will be no reward. There are no rewards for parties. The only reward for a party is the food you eat at the party. Then it's finished. If you look at the story of the prodigal son, I don't know why I'm going to all this. If you look at the story of the prodigal son, when he came back home and his father had a party for him, all he had was the party. They killed a cow. They gave him shoes. They gave him clothes. Then they put a ring. That's all he had. But when the elder son who had overcome the temptation of leaving the house, he had forced to stay in spite of everything. When the father came, he said, all that I have. Is dying, including that boy who has come from town. He also belongs to you. He's one of your servants. He doesn't know. Everything belongs to you. That's the reward. So when you overcome, then you get a reward. May you get a reward. Yeah. It's not by saying amen alone though. You have to overcome something. Hallelujah. So he says, God is trying to mature us. And how is he trying to mature us? How is he trying to make us perfect? How is he trying to make us complete? How is he trying to make us lack nothing? Through the gifts. Through the gifts. Verse 13. Verse 13 says, till we all come in the measure and the stature, in the fullness of Jesus Christ. God is trying, through this process, God is making us like Jesus Christ. says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's coming to make us like Christ. How is he coming to make us like Christ? Is he going to bring Christ to make us like Christ? No. He's going to use apostles, pastors, teachers, prophets, and evangelists. Yeah. That's, that's how he... That's and this week, fortunately, we are blessed to have a four-day conference with the prophet of the house, Bishop Dagiwood Mills, from Tuesday through to Friday, 6, 6 a.m. every morning till 2 p.m. each day. He will be making us perfect. He will be building. Let us use this week to build up ourselves as Christians, to grow up. Use the week. Make time. Yeah, there will be three sessions every day, two-hour sessions, three times every day. Make sure you are part of it. It's all to grow you up. Then you become like Jesus. Yeah. Last week I said that John 1 verse 11, the Bible tells us, and he came unto his own, but his own received him not. The gift, oh, the gift came unto Peter Marisbeck, but Peter Marisbeck received him not. The gift came unto Deban, but the Deban received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God. God is trying to make you his son. He gave them power. Those who receive the gift. And I said, I gave you, I told you, so I can't tell you all today, but sometimes you are there. You have a beautiful gift God has given you. God has given you. One of the greatest gifts God can give you is pastor. Jeremiah 3.15 says, I will give you pastors. So you don't get pastors. You don't choose a pastor. God gives you a pastor. He said, I will give you pastors, saith the Lord. Who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So God has given you a pastor. It's a gift from God. But if you don't receive it, or you don't receive the pastor that God has given to you, oh, bless me, I want a taller pastor. I want a pastor when it's time, he can see heaven. No problem. But that's not what God has given to you. God, I mean, you are so close to the ground, we don't know the weather down there. Now you want to look up and fall down. Hey! <laughs> but God himself chooses a pastor feed you with knowledge and understand. When you receive the, past, the pastor, then you receive the power that God has given him to you. If you don't receive it, you don't get the power. So may we receive the gift and may we use the gifts that God has given to us. Number two. Today I want to talk about number two. Verse 14. Where are you? Ephesians 4, 14. Then 15. Second point. The second you need. So here Paul gives us about three, four keys that bring growth. He says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. The him here is Jesus. That we may grow up into Jesus in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So he says, speaking the truth. Oh, don't go, don't write. Don't, just 15. 15 today, 15 is enough for today. Speaking the truth 
in love, we will grow up into him. The next thing is that you, it's truth. I will explain to you. Speaking the truth or truth. Now, this speaking the truth is not talking about lying. Yeah, I know Christians lie a lot. I mean, when I see their faces, I see. <laughs> no, some Christians lie without provocation. You have not provoked. If it's some lie without any consequence, nothing, nothing will happen. Like, if you tell the truth, nothing bad will happen. It makes no difference. It makes no difference. It doesn't increase demand. It doesn't increase supply. It doesn't change the price. It doesn't change the weather. It doesn't change anything. But they will lie right now. But that's not what we'll come to. That, that is in verse 25. Show us 25, 26 quickly. It says, now wherefore putting away lying. Let everyone speak the truth to his neighbor. Good. Wherefore putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. And, and we are members, so on and so forth. Hallelujah. So this, we have not come to telling the truth yet. I think, I think when we ask you a question, you don't lie. No, 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 no. no. I'll deal with that, God willing, next week or the other week. This one is being told the truth. Being told the truth. Now, I'm not talking about the truth of, oh, you are looking very handsome. That truth doesn't do anything to you. It just gives you emotional stimulation. Tell, tell, tell yourself emotional stimulation. Yeah, or emotional excitement. I'm talking about the truth that is negative. If you want to grow, if you want to advance, if you want to move forward, if you want to increase in any way, you must welcome the truth. You must, work, you must appreciate the truth. be happy when the truth is said to you. Because when the truth is said to you and you receive it, then you, you improve. Or else, we will just pamper you emotionally. Oh, God is going to bless you with a shoe. You are going to pass this exam by prophetic declaration and inclinations. It is yours in the name of Jesus. Come on, receive it. Then you receive. When you go, you know nothing. You can't pass an exam without studying. Are, are, are you coming along? Yeah. Oh, pastor, I've come. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I need to get this job. Meanwhile, you are not qualified for the job. What job are you going to get? Do, do, do you understand? So, as Christians, we must welcome the truth or else we will not improve. Many people don't like the truth. I've been a pastor for some time by the grace of God. At least I've been a pastor over 15 years and I've seen over the, people don't like to hear the truth. Especially when it's coming towards them. When it's true about them. The reason why it hurts is because it's true. Yeah, if I talk about suicide bombers, none of you will be moved. You just laugh. <laughs> That's all. It don't do you anything. But if I talk about fornication, that one is too close to home. I, I, I told them of a guy who said he has stopped going to a certain church because the pastor, when he preaches, he talks about fornication too much. Yeah, he's always saying fornication is a, is a bad Fornication is a bad. It's a fornication. It's a bad. It's a fornication. It's a bad. So I won't go again. This guy was a married man. He was having an affair at his workplace. Sometimes your fornication partner is sitting in the church. So as they are talking about, she can feel, oh God, oh God. Then when pastor calls people for prayer and she's going, then your heart is beating. <laughs> what if the spirit of the Lord comes upon her and she starts to confess? That's why, that's why it's uncomfortable. But you have to sit there and receive it because it's for your improvement. It's to make you to grow up into him in all things. In all things. Yeah. Sometimes you have a very bad attitude. If you sometimes have a bad attitude towards work, you have to be told. If you are not told, you won't change. I mean, there are people, you, they don't get jobs because they have a bad attitude. They can't be in a working environment. I mean, you love them because the Bible says we should love one another, but you can love them only from afar. 
you didn't hear me. I said you can love them, but you can love, only love them from afar. They are like porcupines. Do you know a porcupine? See, a porcupine is that small animal with the spikes. Uh-huh. So you love it, but you love it from afar. Because if you bring it close to you, pew, hi. So sometimes the person has a very bad attitude. But when, they, when you tell them, and you, you, you look, you should be blessed to have, you should have a friend who can tell you the truth. Yeah, you can go to what you are doing. Your friend should be able to tell you, don't be silly. And that's not an insult, it's an advice. So when I went to church, the pastor looked at me and said, don't be silly. He, he has insulted me. He has not insulted. He's just giving you advice. Just advice. You should, you should love it. Anytime I listen to Bishop preaching, I start to make notes. Hey, every, look, anytime I listen to him preaching, I feel bad. I don't know. I don't know about you, but ask for me. When I'm listening, I always feel bad. Look, he can start preaching. I'll be in the clear. I'm excited. No, then he'll just give me a shot. Pew! Then I'll come back to earth. I'll say, you. You. When? When, will, when at all will we be complete? That's it. But if you listen to all the preaching, nothing concerns you. There's nothing to do. See, when Peter finished preaching in the book of Acts, they asked Peter, what the Bible says, and their hearts pricked them. It affected their hearts. It pricked them. They said to Peter, what then shall we do to be saved? Then Peter said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They, they asked, that, that should be the, after you have listened to the preaching, the next question that you should ask yourself, what shall I do? There must be something to do. There's nothing to do, then the work cannot. Then maybe the work just came for edification, but there must always be something to do. Yeah, something to do. But many people want to come to it, they don't want to hear anything. You know, even when your friend tells you their truth, she becomes your enemy. I mean, you have a bad breath. I mean, breath. One day we were advising a young man to bath, and he said to us, in, in total, Yanuka, which means a man doesn't smell. Who told you? Who told you? That's from there. Please, there's a free chair here. She can just in front of Tapelo. You can start from the small, small ones. That's where you learn tenses, that's where you learn pronouns. You don't talk about a man and say she, he. You learn it from there. So when I told this guy, the other guy I've not told, up to today, there's no improvement in the English. When you see the English collapsing, when it is coming, oh, and you want to be a pastor, you stand in front of people and preach with the language. You don't want to improve your ability to speak. Then we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. But people don't like, don't want to hear. Sometimes you are lazy. You are a husband. You are sitting at home. You don't provide any money at home. You don't want to work. You are sitting at home. When the wife says, you say she doesn't respect. She's a witch. She's not submissive. Now, remind me, I'll talk about submission. She's not submissive. She doesn't respect. Every day she, because she, she brings the money home. So she's talking. Yes, she brings the bacon home. Come on, get up, you're lazy. I almost said something. And start working. and start working. Yeah. Now, please don't go home and make me your enemy. If you make me your enemy, you have fulfilled the scripture. Galatians 4, 16 says, I might become your enemy. Wherefore, I might become your enemy because I told you the truth. No, truth makes you grow. It makes you grow. Without, Bible says, that speaking the truth one to another, He may grow thereby. Some people from a particular country, it begins with one of the 26 alphabets. For security reasons, I can't mention it here. And I always wonder, don't they know that they smell? 
don't they know? But I've convinced myself that they don't know. Do you know why? I, because if they knew, they would do something about it. They don't know. Let me give you an example. I hope it will go home well for you. I mean, they've been with the smell for so long that they don't know. That their ears have adapted to it. It's like when you go to the, to the little room, you see that you are able to stay there although you are, doing your, 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 you are taking care of your business. Do you understand? But when somebody else goes there, you don't want to go there. Do you know why? Meanwhile, yours is the same as theirs. Sometimes there are just one or two fundamental differences, depending on what you had, how much cheese, how much cheese went in. But I mean, whether it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's carbohydrate base or it's protein base. I mean, you do you get it? Uh huh. But there are there are one or two difference, but primarily the chemical composition is the same. The, the acid that the ammonium gas that comes out is about the same. I'm telling you, I learned it from my wife. Yeah, it's the same. But when somebody else goes there, you can't go. You have to wait for some time to go. Or else you can easily you can pass out and pass on. <laughs> Somebody say, pass out and pass on. Yeah. So when you are with that thing, it's like, no, somebody has to tell you. Now, people don't listen to the truth when you tell them. Your behavior is bad. They won't listen. So when we preach, it's an, oppor- an opportunity to just say it on mass production. You take it from there. Yeah, you take it from there. Take, when I listen to preaching, I take it personal. I assume that Bishop is not preaching to anybody. I'm the only one he's preaching to because I'm hearing it in my ear. So I'm the one he's preaching to. So anything he says, uh, it has to be about me. Then somebody has gone to report me to the pastor. So he's talking about lying. Nobody has come to report you to. I have a copy of the Bible. Everything is written in the Bible. Nobody needs to come and report you to me. Everything's in the Bible. But it's truth to make us better. Sometimes you are not a submissive wife. You are, you, you, you are not humble as a wife. But you don't want your husband to say it. You don't want anybody to say it. Oh, nobody should say it. Recently, somebody, I was having a discussion with some people. And somebody asked me that. Bishop, can you explain this submission thing to me so that I can understand? Because does submission mean you always say yes? Anything you say, they say, you say yes. I said, no. It doesn't mean that. Submission means that. You have your opinion, which is true. But you say your opinion. If your opinion is taken, we roll. If it's not taken, you allow yourself to be led by the leader. That's submission. That's submission. And it's one of the most difficult things to do because it has to do with your will. It has to do with giving up your will. All the things Jesus came into this world to do, he never asked a question about any of them until when it came to submitting his will to the will of the Father. So when Jesus was going to the cross to die, he prayed this prayer three times. He said, Father, if I know with you all things are possible. If it be your will, let this cup be taken away from you. So his opinion was that I shouldn't go to the cross. He made his opinion clear. But he said, nevertheless, your will, not my will. Nevertheless, you always say, I submit, I have a will. It's not like I don't have a will. That I'm, I'm just an idiot falling. No, I have a will. I have a desire. I have what I'm looking for. But nevertheless, I subject that one to your will. He prayed that prayer three times. God didn't mind him. He knew that what it means was that you will go. No, Makanjan, you are going to the cross. And he went to the cross. So in Philippians 2 verse 8, the Bible says he humbled, he humbled himself even unto death. He obeyed God even unto, the, unto death. The death on the cross. Verse 9 says, wherefore, which is because of this, because of the submission, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That is submission. So yeah, I have opinion. I, some of the girls are, are more clever than the boys. Some of the girls are smarter. No, I heard somebody say that clever is what gets you whipped. Smart is what gets you through school. So, 
some of the girls are smarter. That's why when you do something, you, say, ah, you think you are clever, eh? you will very soon you will get a whipping. Yes. <laughs> some of the girls, when you look at their re- report from school, you did the same exam with them. You will see they get 84. Then you are just surviving 51. Yeah. Balancing. We are all in the same class still. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we expect you to have an opinion. We expect you to have something you think about. But after you have said what you think, allow him to decide what must be done. Simple and short. That's submission. So sometimes you're there. You, you're not, you, like sometimes you see the person will not submit, even in the relationship. Yeah, that's, I was also asked. So is this not for marriage? Because the Bible says, wife, submit yourself to your own husband. Husbands, love your wife. So the person has, so is it not, is, not the, is it not that the Bible, you have to submit when you are married? I said, it's, then it also means that he also has to love you only when you are married. You are asking for love when it's a relationship, but you don't want to submit. Submission has to do with your character. If you can't submit in the relationship, you would never submit in the marriage. Even in the marriage, you will become wilder and worse off. Yeah. Because after you are married, what do, what do ladies need from a marriage? A ring, a wedding, a wedding picture, a famous wedding picture. Do you get it? The name? Do you get it? The name, maybe you are called breakfast. Then he'll change your names to Hopkins. Then it's nice. The name. Do you get it? Then, what again? Children. It's finished. They don't need anything again. After they get these, these things, they are finished with you. Then, then we have the medical condition called post-donor neglect. After that, they leave you. Be there and suffer. We don't need you for anything. So now that you haven't gotten any of the things, you can't humble yourself. Then when you get into the marriage, what are you going to do? I pity that young man. Are you ready for truth? I, be, I pity that young man. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah. Sometimes you have a beloved or a husband who is very quiet, doesn't like trouble, doesn't like fight. So you just take it for granted. Oh, I do what I... That's, he didn't complain. He didn't complain. Does he need to complain before you know how to behave? He didn't say anything. That's, that, you, it's even better for you when you have a husband who's wild, he's reckless, he's, he's very rough. You always do the right thing. I mean, if you have like a David type of husband, he danced once, his moves didn't go well, his wife complained about it, he cursed the wife, the wife was barren from that day till she died. Yeah. So if you have a David type of husband, you are free because he, the way he will react, you will immediately behave. But if you get a type of Joseph husband who is going to marry the girl, the girl is pregnant and he doesn't say anything, he still marries the girl, you can easily go into error. Because he won't say anything. I mean, can you imagine? We are going to pay Lobola. We've just gone to do knocking yesterday. Then to, tomorrow, we are waiting to take the money for the Lobola. Then we find that you are pregnant. Meanwhile, he hasn't touched you. Then he said, oh. He said, oh, okay. Meanwhile, the Lobola, we have added the fact that you don't have a baby to the money. Then he's working with you. Cool. That's Joseph. If you have a Joseph type of husband, you yourself must sit up. Yeah. Kululeka, relax, man. <laughs> This is also a new word I learned yesterday. Kululeka. <laughs> you have to relax and study him. Yeah. I mean, you, you have been married for some time. You should know the things your husband likes by now. I think this message you do take two Sundays because one Sunday can't make it work. You know, should know by now. He, when he wakes up, he drinks tea. He does this. He does this. How come he never asks you to make tea for him? Meanwhile, when he gets to the office, he asks somebody to make tea for him. I say it again in Zulu. How come he never asks you to make incomodity for him? But when he goes home, he tells them, make me some incomodity. <laughs> oh, pastor, he likes making his own tea. It's not true. There's nobody like that. Everybody likes to be served. Why is it that when you go to the restaurant, you don't go to the kitchen yourself and start serving yourself? Why don't you go to the kitchen and start serving yourself? We all like to be waited on. Maybe he has asked you once, twice, even your attitude, the way you went to make the tea, even the time it took. I want tea now. You are now reading, you're checking all, updating your status, everything. 30 minutes later, you are bringing the tea. I'll never ask you for the tea again. Because to make tea is not difficult. You need just about tea bag, hot water, sugar, and milk if you drink milk. That's all. And a cup. That's all. And a spoon to stir. That's all. Yeah. 
So at the end, you see that he has drawn closer to his secretary at work. Who calls him? You call him. And when we went to the church, the pastor was preaching that husbands must draw close. That's not what the pastor was preaching. Listen and listen well. I'm preaching that wake up and serve your husband. That's what I'm preaching. That is what led to Jesus, God exalting him and giving him a name above. I said, truth makes you grow. Truth makes you grow. Truth makes many, look. There are many, sometimes somebody has a bad, the person is rude. Recently, I was having a chat with somebody. The person made a certain remark. I said to myself, this person is very rude. This person thinks that she's making a joke, but she's very rude. And of course, by the grace of God, I don't want like people to be rude to me. So from that day going, knowing that you are, you are this rude, you are so, you are this callous, and these words can come out of your mouth. From now, when I'm relating with you, I relate with you with a shield and mask on my face. Because you've got a virus. It's, it's simple. And have sanitizer. I don't know, even spray it into the air so that when it's coming, it can be... Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because I, I just, hello, then you just gave me a venom. Pew, like that. I said, hey, from now on, when I come, I say hello, but from a distance. Hello, but from a distance. That's it. Very rude. You can't do anything with them. Very rude. But if we tell you, you get angry now. Meanwhile, that's what is going to make you grow. I remember one lady. Every day she will wear jeans and tackies. Meanwhile, she wants to get a guy to marry her. Jeans and tackies. I mean, when you see her with the boys, you think it's one of the boys. And she has the boy swagger, you know. So one day the pastor called and said, Sister, you don't get married. You see, the boys, you have to, we know that this is how everything looks like. But you have to trick them a little. Do, do, that's why anytime you go to weddings or dinner, people start proposing to people. I say it again. That's why when you go to dinner, like there's a dinner or a wedding, after that you see people begin to propose to people. Do you know the reason why? Because the girls get a chance to wear a dinner dress. It flows on you nicely. It gives us the quintessential picture of a lady. What you are supposed to look like. You are not supposed to look like us. If I want one of us, I am there already. Do you see, I have one of us. I don't know if you get my... Brothers, do they get what I... Do the ladies get what I'm saying? I already have one of us, which is myself. So I don't want another one of me. Do you know how difficult it is for me to live with me? That I go and get another me to add to me? No! So I want a softer version. A nicer one. A one that talks softly. Hello. You can easily get somebody to, to marry you just by the way you talk. By even the softness of your voice. Sometimes your voice is too harsh. Yeah, sometimes the way you, you I mean, you know, you see, maybe, perhaps, or I should say, maybe the rural. Do you get it? I mean, the rural, transkai, siskai, you know, I mean, after the sky, after the Kai River, you know, transkai. Do you get it? So that the accent is very thick. I'm coming back. I'm coming back with intercape. Don't worry. You see, the accent is so thick. Do you get it? So when you are talking, when you talk, you say, there's a chini kaloku. Hey, what? Nobody is going to marry a chini kaloku. Ah! When I talk, when I say, I say, chini kaloku. We are not going to marry a chini kaloku. When I, when I say that, you look, look at Okay, no problem. Keep your tone where you are. Yeah, so sometimes you, you may even have to learn. You may have to watch some of these movies where they talk softly. Where they talk softly. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? That's why all these love songs, they get our attention. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? I saw that guy recently. I thought he was dead by now, but he's still around. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile. You all are ever wanted. And my arms are open wide.
Tell me how to win your heart. Cause I haven't got a clue. But let me start by saying. And you are saying in tone. Be there with your in tone. Because <laughs> I wonder where you are. And I wonder what you do. Are you somewhere feeling lonely? Or there's someone loving you? Tell me how to win your heart. Because I haven't got a clue. You know, when you hear that your heart is beating from left to right, you are sitting there saying, in tone, foreign tone, foreign tone, your mouth. <laughs> and you even stop at the tone, you add kaloku. <laughs> you have to hear the truth. Look, husband, sometimes when your wife is talking to you, she's telling you the truth. Don't hide and the wife submit yourself to your own husband. And not listen. Who else can tell? Who knows you? Who knows you? I mean, there's nobody in the, this church that knows me better than my wife. I'm still looking for the person. Yeah, I'm still looking for that person. So if my wife tells me that, brother, brother, you now you know. <laughs> but I got to tell you. It's not time to say, hey, you are a witch. Your mother didn't train you well. I told you, got it from your grandmother. And no, it's time to listen. Say, my husband, my wife doesn't respect. He talked to me. He's helping you. Sisters, when your husband tells you the truth, don't say he's wicked. Of course, there are some men who are nasty and wicked and not nice. If you marry any of this type, that's also a problem. And you can see it from the beloved dozing. Uh, one of the things I realized that when people are beloved dozing, they don't open their eyes. I mean, that's when the scripture applies, love is blind. James 19, 99. Yeah, love is blind. Their eyes are closed, so they don't see anything. No. They don't see anything. So you can see the guy is there. Some, sometimes even some ladies, they don't say anything, but they, 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 they fight with their faces. Yeah, the face alone is a fight. I'll teach you signs of pride. You see, one of it is a facial expression. Yeah, sometimes when I'm preaching, I say, roll their eye at you, or they look it up. Ah, then you know. You don't need to go far. By the grace of God, I've done this thing 20 years. So I've seen congregations for 20 years. Every Sunday that passes. Yeah, 52 Sundays a year. By 20, you do the math. Yeah. Sometimes also my husband nasty. They are not nice. They won't be pleasant to their wife. Somebody has married. Somebody's daughter has married. Had a father in the house. Father is always calling her angel, darling, angel, darling. Of course, sometimes that's where the problem also comes from. Your father has called you an angel. Meanwhile, you know you are not an angel, so you don't want to change your behavior. But that's a, a, a problem for another day. I, <laughs> that's a problem for. But I'm talking about the, the, when she goes home, she's an angel. Then she comes to you. You have gone to small lobola. You have paid, which you didn't even finish paying. You gave a deposit. You say you bring the rest later, and then that was it. You didn't even finish paying. Then now she has come to live with you. Hey, she can't breathe. Yeah, she can't breathe. It's like, what's the name? Floyd. Black Lives Matter. She can't, I mean, you are suffocating her. There's, some wives are broke. It's not nice. When you see their husbands outside spending money. There's no money for anything. No money in her pocket. Not, when she needs personal things, there's no money to buy. Because the guy who's supposed to give the money doesn't give it. It's not nice, nasty, always giving rude remarks, rude answers, saying negative, no things that will build up the person. Everybody wants to be built up. You say things that, oh, look, I'm blessed to be married to you. My children are blessed to have you as their man. No, nothing like every day. Oh, it's only the, oh, but pastor is true. She didn't do that. That's all you talk about. How about the days that she cooks the food and it's nice? Why don't you say it? Why don't you say it? Look, as a church and as Christians, we must be ready to hear the truth. Yeah, we must be ready to hear the truth. Sometimes you must even ask that the truth be said to you. Because it's not easy to tell people things. It's not everything that you can say to people easily. I, I was going to show you in John chapter 8, Jesus tried to tell some people some truth. And the argument, they argued with him. 
at a point, he, he, said, he was telling them, they argue with him to the end, but we can't read it today. Next week, maybe we'll look at it. Remind me when I come, why people don't tell, tell you the truth. Yeah. Sometimes you must ask, please, Bishop, what do you, what do you tell me the truth? What do you think about? That's when you hear the truth. Sometimes even if was meant to ask, if you were in my situation, what would you do? That's what gives you that, because immediately I have to tell you what I would do, not what sounds nice. Because it's not always that what sounds nice or sounds good solves the problem. I said, it's not always that what sounds right or good solves the problem. Sometimes it's not everything. Life is not black and white. It's more than that. Life is not right and wrong. It's more than that. It's more than that. That's why you ask, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. One day, I tell you this story, I close. I gave a guy a chance to preach in the church. He preached powerfully. I mean, one of the churches, he preached. The people were excited. Then, because they were very happy, he was also very happy. I said, oh, come and preach in where I also preach. Then he came. He released the same message there powerfully. The people were just looking at him. They were just looking at him. So after... He, he had a meeting with me and he asked me. He said to me, because I wasn't at the first place that he preached at, but I heard the, the, the feedback was good. What, when you are going to buy something on the net, there's, there's something that you check something. Review. Uh -huh, the review was very good. So I said, oh, come and fire it here. He fired it powerfully. The people were just looking at him like that. So after he asked me, he said, when I preach here, look, I was like Benny Hinn. But when I came here, it's like the people were not minding me. <laughs> then I said, oh, it happens. Then he said, oh, please, I want to know so that I can learn. Then I started to tell him the reason why when he preached here, the response was what it is. And when he preached there, I told him, I won't tell you. <laughs> it's because it's not you. You have not asked me to tell you. When I finished telling him, he looked at me and said, ah, I said, yeah, that's it. If you didn't ask me, I'll just watch you and also go forward. That's it. And it's, the reason is not a bad reason. No. It's not. A, like when I bring it, when I call one of the children, three year old, I said they should sing. No matter how badly they sing, you all be happy, you clap for them. Is that not so? But if I call Pastor Melly to come and sing and he doesn't sing it well, will you clap for him? That's how it is. That's the explanation to that story. You are preaching for the first time. They are all excited about the effort. They are not even concerned about the content. But when you are preaching for the second time, now they have overcome the shock that you have gone to stand there to preach. So now they want to listen to what you are saying. That's why they were looking at you like that. Boom. <laughs> yeah. May we all be open to hearing the truth so that our lives can be transferred. I read this last scripture I close. James 1, 21. Bible says, wherefore, put away all naughtiness, or all filthiness, and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the pure and engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. James 1, 21. It says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. One of the things that makes that people don't receive the truth, don't receive the word, is naughtiness and filthiness. That's the reason. Naughtiness. Sometimes some evil has gone into them. Sometimes some pride has gone into them. Just some naughtiness and some filthiness. Oh, who does he think he is? How can he say that? But he also has problems. Yes, I have problems. It's unfortunately, God has to use a problematic person to preach. I wish there was an angel here to preach. But I'm the one that God has to use to preach today. That's it. Oh, but he told, he told, I hate this, I hate That's it. Then the filthiness and the naughtiness is coming in. But it says, receive with meekness. Anytime you come before the word of God, know that the word of God has been there longer than you ever. It will be there when you are gone. So, humble yourself and calm down. Subject yourself to the word of God so that it can save your soul. There's nobody bigger than the word of God. If I was coming to share with you my opinion, some of you may be bigger than my opinion. That I understand. And that's not a problem. 
But if I'm coming to share with you the word of God, nobody is higher than the word of God. So bring yourself down. Humble yourself. Come down and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God because it is able to save your soul. From today, may we all be humble so that the word of God can go into us, so that it can go into us and it can help us. That truth, when we are told the truth, it will go into us so that we can improve. Bible says that we will, be, we will grow up into him in all things, which is the head of all things, even Christ. You will become like Jesus as you hear the truth. The more you hear the truth and the more you receive the truth, you become better and better and better and better and become like Jesus. The Bible says the path of the righteous, it shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until the break of dawn. May your path shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until the break of dawn. May your path just begin to shine. May you just get better. If you're a wife, you are getting better. If you're a husband, you are getting better. If you're a beloved, you are getting better and better and better and better. Yeah. May your beloved give a testimony. As people are giving testimonies about cars, may your beloved come and give a testimony and say, I want to thank God that the word of God has improved this, my beloved. He's gotten better and better and better. Yeah. May we give a testimony about you that since you started receiving the truth, better and better and better. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer as we go home. God is changing us with his truth. Yeah, next week we'll look at one or two of it and then we'll round up the series. But I want you to pray for yourself as we close right now. Pray that God himself will make your heart receptive to the truth. Bible says, advise a fool and he will hate you. But advise a wise man and he will love you. Pray that you will be a wise man. You will be a wise person. That when you hear the truth, you will take it. A wise man is somebody who even hands for the truth. That I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. Because the truth will make me better. Lift your hands and just pray wherever you are. Just begin to pray. Begin to pray wherever you are. My God. My God. My God. Pray, everybody pray. If you are told, just pray, just pray, just pray, just pray. Just pray, right? pray wherever you are. Pray Pray for yourself. Nobody is praying for you. Pray for yourself right now that you will be somebody who loves the truth, who accepts the truth, who receives the truth, who, who likes the truth, that you will improve. You will get better. You will get better. That your path will shine brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter. That your life will get better and better. Better and better. You'll become better at what you do. You'll become better at what you do. My God, my God. Help us, Lord, help us, Lord. My God, my God. Lord, 
my God, my God, my God. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Every spirit in us that fights the truth. Rid us of it, Lord. Rid us of it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Touch our ears that they will hear the truth. They will accept it and they will do it. That will get better. We'll get better. We'll get better. As a church, as a Lord. We'll get better, Lord. In the name of Jesus. That will be better men. Will be better ladies. In the name of Jesus. That will be better fathers. Better husbands. Better leaders. Better examples. In the name of Jesus. That will be better women. Better wives. Better mothers. Better people. That will get better and better and better and better. In the name of Jesus. Lampando That will be better children to our parents in the name of Jesus. Help us, O God. We give you praise. Lift your hands, just thank God wherever you are. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place and He's touching everybody here present. There's always something that we need to fix. The pastor may not talk about it. The pastor may not even get a revelation to mention it. But thank God that we have the Holy Spirit who can speak it to us, who can reveal it to us, who can show us that thing. May he show it to us. As, as he's moving in this place, he's opening your eyes to certain realities. Some of the thoughts that are going through your mind right now, they are inspired by the Holy Spirit. He's drawing your attention to that thing that must be changed. That thing that must be changed. When the rich son came to Jesus, Jesus said to him, one thing thou lackest. There's always something that we lack. There's always something that we are not doing well. There's always something that we have not gotten the, the head and tail of. But he's revealing it to us so that we can fix it. We can correct her. We'll become better Christians. We'll become more spiritual. We'll become closer to him. Then we can walk with him. Father, we thank you. Thank you for every hand that is lifted up here. Visit us. Touch us. Leave no one out. Lord, don't leave me out. Pass me not, oh gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry today. While you are calling on others, Lord, do not pass me by. Don't pass me by. Visit every hand that is lifted up here and at home, Lord. Visit us. Help us to improve by the truth that will be built up into Jesus in all things. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Say your loudest, Amen. Oh! Truth is good truth is good. Hallelujah. Some of you must ask your parents to tell you the truth. The truth about you. What do you sometimes the way to ask for the truth is to just ask, what do you think about me? Yeah, well, then they'll say, I know you're a very pleasant person. Oh, no, yes, I know that and that's not the one I'm looking for. I'm looking for the thing about me which you don't like. Because that's, that's what will improve you. That's what will improve you. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. You are here this morning. You have not received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. The truth is that if you die, you will go to hell. This is also a truth you must accept. That if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, maybe somebody invited you to church, maybe you came by yourself, maybe somebody got you to join the service online. The truth is that if you don't surrender your life to Jesus, you will go to hell. But today, there's a greater truth than that. God sent his son Jesus to die for us and to save us from hell. If we will receive him today, 
we will escape that hell judgment that is upon our head. So if you can surrender your life to Jesus today, you will escape going to hell. If you are here like that, every eye closed, every head bowed, you are here like that. You say, Pastor, I want to go to heaven when I die. I want Jesus to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. If you are here like that, I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. If you are at home, I also want you to lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. I want to go to heaven when I die. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. I want to pray with you. Pastor, every eye closed, please. Every head bowed. Lift your hand quietly. Pastor, please pray with me. I want to go to heaven when I die. I don't want to go to hell when I die. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand. If you are lifting your hand, lift it high above your head. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. It's the best decision you are making in your life. It's the most important decision you are making. Lift your hand above your head. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. I don't want to go to hell when I die. I don't want to go to hell when I die. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. I'll pray. If your hand is up, come to me in the front. I'll pray with you. You are here. Come to me. I'll pray. I'll pray with you quickly. Come. Just come to me. Don't be afraid. Come to me. I'll pray with you. If you if you want to pray this prayer at home also, I, I, I want to pray with you. I want to replace your hand on your heart and I'll pray this prayer with you. Pastor, I don't want to go to hell. This is the most important decision of your life. Look at me, please. Pray this prayer with me, my dear. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. God, that they will reach heaven, which is their destiny. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for them? Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.